Hello friends, welcome to Running and Fitness with Raj. This show will bring you exciting and interesting guests and give you specific and actionable advice on your running, fitness and general health. Our guest today is Dr. Anjana Longwani, who is a consultant physiotherapist and rehab specialist with nearly three decades of experience in the field of physical rehabilitation. In 2010, Dr. Anjana established the highly regarded physio rehab clinics uh, and she is one of the first physiotherapists in India to achieve credentials from the McKinsey Institute in New Zealand. Dr. Anjana established the Physiotherapy Institute at the Asian Heart uh, Institute and was associated with this for nearly seven years. Today, she leads a team of qualified physiotherapists trained in the latest techniques and clinical treatment regimes. Uh, she also shares her vast experience and conducts personal training for young upcoming physiotherapists at her physio rehab clinic. So I'm absolutely delighted to have such a accomplished and experienced person joining us today. And welcome to the podcast, Dr. Anjana. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Raj. It's my absolute pleasure to have this uh, podcast with you. I think it's a very relevant topic in today's time and age, whether it's pre-COVID or, or during the COVID phase. Um, let me just say a few things about myself. Uh, Mr. Raj has already introduced to you my clinic, Physio Rehab, that I established 10 years ago. But my journey in the field of physical therapy started 30 years ago uh, from the GS Medical College and KEM Hospital. Uh, my professional field was at a very um, uh, important juncture when I passed out. Uh, although we had excellent teachers in the field of physiotherapy in our college, uh, when I passed out, I was constantly feeling the need for more knowledge, more uh, material to read and improve my skill sets. Uh, in those days, there was no internet. So accessibility to research, accessibility to knowledge was limited. However, uh, tried our level best to get as many international speakers and faculty members from Australia, New Zealand, the UK, the US, to come to India and train the budding physiotherapists just like me. I'm talking about this in the 1990s. Uh, gradually, I gained more experience in the multi-speciality hospitals that I worked at. And then finally, I came into Asian Heart Institute, although it was a cardiac speciality hospital. We had a very successful outpatient unit addressing all kinds of musculoskeletal and neuro rehab requirements of our patients. Uh, physio rehab has been my dream. It uh, is uh, its foundation is basically on certain pillars. We believe in scientific evidence based practice, using what is updated in the field of physiotherapy nationally and internationally. We pay a lot of emphasis to the education and ongoing innovation by us so that we can bring the best to the patients or to our uh, customers in the city of Mumbai and India. Uh, along with that, we also believe a lot in public awareness programs. I feel that as a professional, it is my duty to look into the prevention of injuries 
because mostly a person will approach a physiotherapist uh, when the injury has already happened and i used to feel quite uh, upset about it that had i met this person a few years back probably this injury would not have happened and hence one of the pillars of physio rehab is prevention and holistic health and fitness in that journey we started getting a lot of runners and recreational athletes approaching us for our advice and with uh, my team of very talented physiotherapists we were able to address their present injuries their latent injuries that could give them potential problems help them also improve their performances so if someone came to me saying i am running a 21k but i would wish to do a 22 next year or maybe go into an ultra marathon or a triathlon then we would actually make a plan for them and believe me my runners have been our best teachers because i think the running population themselves are so well uh, read and well versed with the sport that they are taking part in that they actually were the ones who challenged me and i took it on and hence we have a whole range of runners coming to us for their niggles as well as any major injuries and we are very fortunate that many of them have gone ahead and participated in ironman triathlons comrade ultra marathons all over the world so we do have an experience of over 10 years in the field of recreational athletes and professional athletes including runners so um so that yes, yeah that's no that's an excellent uh, introduction in fact that kind of acts as a segue to my uh, first question which is uh, basically uh, you know you have obviously worked with uh, uh, regular people as well as people who are recreational athletes as you said including runners so let's start with what are some of the common type of injuries that you see in athletes i mean obviously you know we hear about people having knee pain lower back pain you know plantar fasciitis achilles tendonitis you know the whole range and uh, once you have gone through that uh, you know i would also like you to address uh, you know injuries are presumably a result of certain weaknesses or other aspects so what are some of those you know weaknesses also that you see in especially recreational athletes sure so uh, in my experience most of uh, the athletes that come in uh, we definitely have what we call as a medical diagnosis so even the athlete is very well aware he will tell you i have an itb problem i have a plantar fasciitis Uh, i have shin splints i have uh, uh, you know some slip disc issue and all but in physio rehab uh, with my experience and expertise we like to reach a working diagnosis wherein we are not just putting a label on somebody's uh, injury because it is the common word seen either on the internet or in some of the reading material now if for example if you have pain in the inner part of your arch whether you are running or after you are running usually everybody will say this is a plantar fasciitis but that is the tissue from where the pain is coming from what we focus on is the cause why has your plantar fasciitis or your plantar fascia started getting inflamed so i like to work with a working diagnosis it's good to give a label because it the layman understands it 
but you need to know why. So the victim is the plantar fascia, but the culprit could be a flat foot, could be a landing mechanism issue, could be weakness in the ankle muscles and further going up to the rest of your body, including muscles of the hip, that could be weak. Hence, the landing mechanism of the runner is faulty. Another example which is very common is the ITB. Now, ITB can happen due to many, many reasons. So, the working diagnosis at physio rehab is always what is the cause? For the ITB to get so triggered that the runner is limping or he is in severe amount of pain, he will do the regular things that his friends and his peers will tell him. He'll do the cold packs, he'll do a foam roller, he might get a masseur to come and give him a sports massage. But that pain is going to come back again because you haven't gone down to the root cause of the problem. So, sure. here, so here is where I would like to stress on whether it's recreational or professional athletes, the injury cause has to be identified. That is what your physiotherapist has to do for you. And then you can then and then you can plan a more detailed treatment so that you don't get the issue again. Otherwise, you're just going to be crisscrossing across doctors, orthopedics, scanning centers, a physio, and that could cause a lot of mental stress because as a runner, you don't want to be injured. You know, you're competing Absolutely. with yourself. You don't want to be injured. So I would say the first point to stress here would be get a working diagnosis. Know the whys. Know the hows of your injury. You'll be able to manage it better. Another example would be um, a lot of recreational athletes end of the day, they are working. They are working in a corporate house. They are working in an office. They are working in a bank. They might be a teacher. They are sitting majority of the time. You know, our society now has become a society of sitters. So they are sitting all day long for prolonged periods of time. And then they go and they train for probably an hour, hour and a half in a day or maybe alternate days depending on their regime. Now, a professional athlete would train for over five to six hours in a day. They give themselves recovery time. Whereas I have seen our runners who come to us, they are rushing out of their office, traveling to wherever their training center is. They, they skip their warm-ups. They are trying to do things in a hurry. And that's how they land up with injuries. So they are sedentary the whole day of 12 hours. And then they want to come in and do a very high burst of um exercise and workout, which then becomes quite counterproductive. So we have to respect the lifestyle of the athlete also. So I think that's very important to highlight here. Um, so backaches, again, I think the backache doesn't happen because of the injury. I think it's because of what you do outside of your running program that you have to pay importance to. So very often the recreational athletes, obviously they're ambitious. They want too much too soon. You know, they're competing with their peers and their friends. Many of the recreational athletes actually have started running much later in life. They've taken up running very seriously after they are 35 and 40. Already some age-related degeneration does start in some part of the population. So I'm not saying sure. don't run, but run with a plan. So that you do not get injuries. And if you do get it, you should have a working diagnosis. 
So just to sum up, uh, what you are essentially highlighting is first and foremost, uh, when you take up any sort of activity, gradually ease into it. Don't get too ambitious too early, uh, early because that's a surefire recipe for uh, disaster. And it, you know what you said is, makes absolute uh, you know common sense and uh, you know echoes what, you know on this podcast itself. Many many coaches uh, and uh, you know others who have highlighted this same point. The other aspect you are saying is that you are exercising, you are running or doing, you know, cycling or what have you, maybe for an hour, hour and a half in the day, pay attention to what you are doing in the rest of the day. I mean, if, you know, where you, you know, try to move around, don't, don't be sedentary because that can cause weaknesses in your body, which then gets aggravated when you do an activity. Absolutely, you know, absolutely great to hear that. Uh, can we talk about some specific weaknesses as well? I mean, that you see in athletes, in, in runners, uh, and, and how can we, you know, address those, uh, address those weaknesses? Of course, you mentioned one aspect, which is uh, don't be sedentary for the rest of the day. But are there other weaknesses and other ways in which uh, listeners can, you know, uh, modify their lifestyle to make sure that they, you know, benefit from the rest of the day as well? Yes, that's a good question, Mr. Raj. Now, firstly, let's try and understand that uh, as the human race, as a human race, um, running is something that actually is a very natural movement pattern for human beings. We were designed, our bodies were always designed and evolved to move. We were evolved to stand, walk, run, jump. Our spines and our bodies were not so much designed to sit. So, yes, you're right. Movement is important. But moving correctly is equally important. You know, what surface you move on is also equally important. And because of our modernization, we are walking more on granite, concrete surfaces instead of soft mud tracks because that keeps your shock absorption of your feet on the ground much easier than being on a hard surface. So, we need to understand that running is something very natural to a human being. But it's a finished product. For that, you require raw material. You need the flexibility. You need the strength. You need the endurance. You need your cardiovascular system working. And you need the power also to be able to take your body forward against the force of the environment. So it's a finished product that we have to look at. And some of the areas that I have found in my clinic very often is this person says he's a runner. He's a 21K runner or a 42K runner. But when I actually assess him, I realize that his hip muscles, especially his rotation muscles of the hip, which is the ball and socket joint, does not have any flexibility. And when we ask them that what have they been doing, many a times they will show you a warm-up which probably has not been designed for their particular stiffness. They pull things off the internet or they are given a printout by a friend who says, you know what, my physio or my trainer gave this to me. But it cannot be a one-size-fit-all. All our bodies have asymmetries. Nobody is born so perfect. We can have one leg short, one leg long. Somebody will be a runner who's bow-legged. Somebody can be a knock-kneed person. 
you can be flat footed you could have a high arch so all these are your areas which will give potential injuries doesn't mean that everybody who's got bow leg will have pain but you are likely to get pain in a certain part of your uh, body so i think it's important to understand that your flexibility is important your strength especially of your core muscles when i say core muscles it's certain muscles in your abdomen not your muscle that makes you do crunches because that muscle is basically for bending forward you need the abs which keeps you nice and upright and gives power to move to your legs then you have the gluteus muscle which is the gluteus medius and the maximus which are on the side of your hip joint and the back of your hip joint then you go into your knees your hamstrings and quads which i think most people know your calf muscle but when do we pay attention to our feet which exercise in the gym and which workout regime really addresses those small little muscles they are called intrinsic muscles of your feet and they work like a tripod to take the weight of your body from the top and the stress the ground reaction force from the surface on which you are running and those little little muscles in your feet are never addressed by anybody they troop into our clinic after the damage is already done so i think your feet muscles are something that you should not be ignoring and there are specific exercises for that Uh, and uh, yeah so this would be my answer to your question mr raj okay so when you say specific exercises to uh, you know uh, let's start with um, the strength aspect of things right you had you know you you talked about obviously you know hamstring and calf and the you know uh, the gluteus maximus and the gluteus medius and uh and interestingly obviously the bottom of your foot as well which i'm sure a lot of people don't pay attention to do you have any you know any uh, exercises that uh you you would you would recommend and i understand that you know exercises have to be customized as you mentioned but you know just give the listeners a general overview at least of some of the exercises which uh, which can help to strengthen your you know your kinetic chain So Mr Raj firstly I like the word that you use kinetic chain that's a perfect okay. word to be used for a physiotherapist so we all know that when we are running the first part of your body and the only part of your body that lands on the ground is your are your feet and your feet are made up of several bones little little bones put together in a certain manner so that they work like a tripod as i said it has a trampoline effect it is supposed to take the loading of your body and the long distance running that you want to do so there are certain muscles which help your ankle lift your foot up they are known as your tibialis anterior or dorsiflexor muscles that require a lot of endurance so these muscles don't need most weight training but they need to be worked continuously over a long period of time then you have the tibialis posterior muscle that comes from the back of your calf and goes and inserts underneath your arch it is one of the most important supporting structures for your feet not to get into a flat foot situation or a pronation situation tibialis posterior is the muscle to be used 
then you have the small so, little so, just to just to interrupt sorry to interrupt uh, so what sort of you know i'm i'm very especially curious to understand as far as your uh, you know foot is concerned uh, what sort of exercises can people do to strengthen it because you know as you correctly said uh, uh, earlier it is something which uh, you know people don't really think about exercising per se right i mean uh, none of us really think about exercising your foot because it's almost like an afterthought and you know if you get injured sure then your then your doctor prescribes something but that's probably the yeah. first time you have even thought about exercising so can you just take us through you know some protocols you you, know, you would recommend so mr raj uh, little difficult for me to say it in theory to you because these are exercises that are demonstrated on the athlete and each person's foot alignment is different so you have to tweak your cueing to the person so the sure. in, in okay. short if you are a flat footed person for example let's take a flat foot or a person with pronation wherein their medial or the inner part of their foot is landing on the ground with a with more contact instead of it lifting off the ground then we okay. get the person to stand in front of a mirror and help them pull up their arch actively with muscle activity we ask them to hold that position and then we tell them to either do what we call as balance and proprioceptive exercises okay? okay these are known as balance and proprioceptive exercises but i have found so many athletes tell me i'll show you how i do my calf stretch so they'll put one leg in front one leg behind the normal way anybody does a calf stretch and lean against a wall or a, or some support and stretch but if you're pronated and your foot is collapsing inwards you are not stretching your calf muscle at all when i tell them to ensure their arch is properly lifted up and then stretch they will always tell me oh now i feel a more specific stretch going through my calf muscle so the alignment of your foot has to be correctly maintained if you are somebody with a very high arch that means your landing happens more on the outer border of your foot then muscles on the outer border of your leg your lower leg called the peroneal muscles will always be overactive in you and they need to be stretched correctly in pronated feet it's usually your calf muscle which is more overactive whereas in high arch you have the peroneal muscles which really have to work very hard because your landing of the foot is on the outer border the center of gravity is not going through the center axis of your ankle so the axis has to be trained we call it in our physio world subtalar neutral exercises that's the kind of word that we use subtalar okay. neutral exercises okay yeah? now uh you know in terms of uh, you know in terms of your practice one of the things that you you do is pilates right uh, or uh, it it's part of uh, part of what you do uh so just to take you know take a you know now a slightly different tack how does pilates fit in in terms of uh, your overall workouts and fitness uh, uh you know can you just take us through that sure so i think the word pilates is very common in today's uh, world of exercise uh, there are so many gyms and studios which are opened with that uh, i would say physio rehab is one of the pioneers in bringing the benefits of pilates into a rehabilitation setting 
pilates is as per my experience and it's been coined that way that it is an intelligent exercise concept it's a concept it's got a thought to it and the advantages of pilates is that it not only helps us to strengthen the core muscles you have four core muscles that need to be strengthened but it creates a great body awareness coordination toning of your muscles balance between your upper body and your lower body and it also helps us to improve our posture the way in which pilates was designed years back many years back there was an integration of a bit of yoga tai chi and other exercise formats which was then designed together by joseph pilates in this concept of uh, pilates over the years different different trainers and therapists have made it evolve into the present day pilates and physio rehab has taken its training of pilates into the rehab setting so we are able to give faster and much higher achieve goals as a result of using pilates because it's a total body integrated program which is very safe it's target oriented you have a goal for it it focuses on every aspect of human movement human movement basically would be standing sitting lying on your stomach squatting lunging bending turning twisting these are known as your they are known as primal movements of the human race and okay. pilates and pilates has actually focused on these primal movements in its integrated workout so you can do a mat pilates program with props or you can do equipment based pilates like reformer wunda chair cadillac for a liner and many other equipments which are given at physio rehab so pilates or sorry a pilates you use only for rehab or is it something uh, that you know pilates can be incorporated even for healthy athletes you know as part of their regular uh, regular uh, let's say cross training or something like that oh yes in fact world over if you look at the training schedule of professional athletes whether they are tennis players or footballers or athletes and runners they will always have pilates twice a week as a part of their training program anybody you pick okay. up any uh, uh, high level professional athlete they use they know the benefits even high performance individuals why are we only thinking about athletes even dancing is an athletic activity if you ask me of you course know? uh you can have like overseas also they have the high performance individuals who are in la they are performing on stage the dancers i have a lot of clients who are actors and uh, in the or from the uh, creative art field or from the drama field they after they've undergone pilates program i asked them what do you feel they said the best benefit that i've had from it is i just feel i move better i'm able to stand okay. on stage better a musician when he's performing for say 5 hours he has to hold his instrument for so much time and he has to hold his body in that particular position because for that particular instrument that is the idle position and they come back and say i just feel i move better i feel i have more confidence and i don't get tired so easily 
so it definitely has a very internal feel good effect externally yes you will see those toned abs you will feel the flat muscles you will feel leaner muscles you don't get bulky muscles with pilates you get very toned okay. and lean muscles so you start looking taller i have so many children adolescents who come to us for pilates they i always ask them what do you feel when you leave our clinic they say i am feeling very tall suddenly you know okay <laughs> yeah and you have to sometimes kind of depending on the age group you are addressing you got to give them the program that is fun also so coming to your question in a nutshell at physio rehab obviously we use pilates for rehab we use it as a bridge towards fitness so okay. i could have a golfer who can tell me listen my I, i need to improve my swing i keep getting these rotator cuff injury i'll treat his rotator cuff no doubt but for me to improve the way he uses his core to create his power of the swing i have to put him on something that's more dynamic and i think okay. pilates really works very well to give long lasting results okay now uh, you know i am coming back to a point which you touched upon earlier and you were illustrating this uh, stretching uh, you know about stretching with the you know about the calf muscle as an example uh but stretching in general before an activity what are your views i mean are you a proponent of doing dynamic stretches before an activity and then static stretches after an activity so do you have do you have a you know do you have a view around that and generally around uh, around stretching the reason i'm also asking is that there are also people uh who propagate that and i know, i know they are a bit of a minority but there are also people who propagate that look you know stretching per se especially before an activity doesn't really help as long as you start the activity very slow for example if you are running you know just run your first 5 minutes or 10 minutes or your first kilometer very easy and that's that's a, that's a good enough you know warm up and you don't really need to spend 5 10 minutes uh, stretching various muscles so i'm just curious to know uh, you know as a doctor where you know where where you come out on this so mr raj you have opened up a very debatable topic now okay yes debatable. i know i know that it is debatable and i think everybody is having a say in it uh and everybody has their own right kind of thought process to it it's a very debatable topic okay uh, dynamic stretches versus passive stretches stretches before an activity stretches after an activity so um this is what is my understanding and i'm going to take you a little bit on the side on this that are we stretching a muscle which seems to be tight or are we stretching a muscle that has its normal range so for okay. example uh, averagely a 70 degrees of hamstring length of a hamstring muscle is an acceptable range if we are going to be a society of sitters all day long most people's hamstrings don't even have 45 degrees but as an athlete if you have a 70 degrees 80 degrees of hamstring length it's good enough is it necessary to take it to 90 degrees if you are a gymnast the answer is yes if you are a runner up to you whether you want to do it or no you want to spend that time so the okay. the vocabulary that physio therapists especially movement specialists like me because we've done a lot of training 
with a uk based uh, uh, you know institute called kinetic control and uh, as okay. movement specialists we are now believing that there's nothing like a tight muscle tight means all the fibers of the muscles have adhered to each other very closely but we look at muscles as an overactive muscle physiologically morphologically the muscle fibers are not tight they are just tensed or they are just overactive and we need to understand this very well tight muscle you will get if you are put in a plaster and you are not allowed to move that particular body part then your muscle will physiologically get tight otherwise as a movement specialist i'd like to highlight this word overactive muscle or a muscle that is working in a lengthened position the muscle is working at not its optimal length here but it's got stretched out and then it's asked to work these are the muscles that land up having trigger points you know everybody will come and tell us i have a very tight hamstring i've got a lot of trigger points in it so trigger points which develop in overactive or lengthened or elongated muscle is a concept that we use tight muscle means morphologically tight and that doesn't happen in very many people now i can have a very tight hamstring muscle because my glute maximus muscle which is my hip muscle to push me off the ground you know when we are running you have to propel your body off the ground and your hip has to go into extension of at least 10 to 15 degrees but the hamstring muscle if the glute is not working then the hamstring has to start working for itself and for the glute muscle so the hamstring muscle becomes very tensed we call it a tensed or an overactive muscle vis-a-vis a tight muscle so i'd really like to highlight this point because this is a concept with most people don't understand very well so well, this is very useful uh, uh, you know this is a really very uh, very useful in the sense that what you are saying is essentially that if you have an adequate range of motion then it's really up to you whether you want to enhance it or not uh, i mean of, of course you know you gave this example of a gymnast i mean for them it is obviously important to uh, go to the higher end of uh, uh, that flexibility or range uh, but for others it may not be so important so it's really up to you whether you have the time and all of that so that's you know that's a very good uh, point now i want to move on to another you know issue which uh, which is uh, uh, you know for runners or even cyclists which is that we all move in basically a single plane uh, which or a single uh, or a sagittal plane right we don't do too much of rotational movements like in other many other uh, sports uh, so in that context uh, are there any exercises or any routines that uh, you recommend to address this uh this this particular aspect uh, i mean which is unique to the sport so you, you you know we can't help it sure uh so firstly uh, as human beings when we are moving on this planet where gravity is acting on us if you observe a human body moving we are bi- bipedal animals and we have what we call as the upper girdle which is your shoulder blade and you have the lower girdle which is your pelvic area when okay. we move say when we walk let's take walking first because running is the faster version of walking 
you when you walk your right shoulder when it comes forward your right girdle comes forward your left girdle has to go backward so actually okay. speaking as bipedal animals we are doing this if my right pelvis goes forward my left will rotate backwards and vice versa that's how we walk as bipedal animals so we may not need large ranges of rotation but because it's the upper part on the right and the lower part on the left the only thing that controls this is the rotational torque that goes through the girdle i hope i'm making some sense here no no you absolutely have... it's very clear i mean people can visualize it right i mean yeah. i was you know as you were speaking i was just you know uh, moving myself a little bit because yeah, you know it yeah. makes absolute sense i mean and so, that's the natural way yeah so there is constant rotational torque that is taking place on the human body when you are walking when you are running when you are jumping or if you are playing a multi directional sport in running the rotational torque is not in large range but it's to keep you steady it's to keep you steady so that you get power in your legs from the core and this is where the rotational force protects your spine it gives power into your lower body and it gives stability to the rest of your body when you're running so when we run the scapula goes forward the hip goes behind and there is a reversal and that quick switch on and switch off reversal needs your rotatory component so the rotation muscles the rotatory components are worked upon by your oblique system oblique means anything that's going in a diagonal manner and most of our muscle systems in the human body are designed to control the diagonal challenges which take place so where one muscle starts and it ends there is a cross there's a crossing of muscles and we call it the sling system you have no, an anterior sorry uh, huh. uh, sorry doctor but in this context uh, you, you know you have explained the movement uh, what i am also curious is uh, does the strengthening of the say let's say the oblique oblique muscles or the torque muscles which are very important to keep the movement going does it happen uh, does does the strengthening happen with the running or whatever activity you are doing itself or do we need to do additional additional exercises uh, to uh, to strengthen those muscles and let's take the example of somebody who runs quite a lot so an average person may be you know walking a certain amount every day they are certainly not going to be running but when it comes to somebody who is taking it to the next level even a recreational runner is doing it you know taking it to a next level compared to a normal person do they need to do some additional exercises or routines to make sure that they don't break down uh it will very much depend upon the physical fitness of that particular athlete uh okay. so what i mean is when you run the rotational forces on your body are there now do your rotational muscles kick in that is that particular individual's fitness level whether it kicks in naturally or whether he has to train because finally the signal that comes to our muscles is from the brain your central nervous system is your supercomputer it will tell your body 
this person is moving in an accelerated manner okay there is wind there is some other forces coming from all sides there is ground reaction force the brain will give the signal to your muscles what it has to do to prevent harm prevent injury but very many times the brain doesn't recognize the demand of the activity because it has not been trained there's something called muscle memory which is in your central nervous system so with some you will definitely have to train with some you will not so again okay. it depends on the fitness of the athlete uh, okay understood okay yeah okay. so when no, we assess so so when we assess the such athletes and we check their running mechanism we look at their rotational control because if they are not controlling their rotation there will be excessive movements in some other part of the body so we call it the oblique system there is a anterior oblique system a posterior oblique system and a lateral sling system these really control the pelvis to the scapula very well okay so yeah. uh, as a as a concept how important do you think is uh, training with weights uh, okay. in in order to make you a stronger athlete so uh, weight training is basically resistance training it could be your own body weight it could be with springs it could be with dumbbells and weights or machine work or it could be with therabands whatever you would like to achieve what does resistance training really do it obviously makes your muscles more bulkier there's hypertrophy there are more muscle fibers we call them cross bridge cross bridge means the muscle fibers have a good connection with each other when they have good connection with each other they have great energy capacity you know we store energy while via the atp in our muscles so they become great storage centers for energy and again depending on what kind of athlete you are if you see a a, a fast runner like bolt if you see his body if you see his quadriceps muscle they are bulky because he needs that burst that absolute burst of energy to complete his run but if you see the kenyan and the ethiopian long distance runners they have got very lean bodies they don't have yes. big bulky hypertrophied muscles so again depending on what kind of athlete are you are you a person who needs more endurance you need to do more aerobic kind of training or are you one of those runners who just needs to have a burst of anaerobic capacity so your entire training changes depending on what kind of athlete are you are you a short distance sprint athlete 10 km athlete or are you someone in comrade ultra marathon 42k in which definitely you require an aerobic capacity to be there so weight training is definitely a part of any athlete's regime i don't think it can be ignored strength training besides giving you good muscle energy coming from your muscles every time you're doing weight training it also stimulates bone so uh, not not circulation i would say more bone enhancement so your bones okay. become more stronger so even when we are uh, recommending any exercise program for our runners we always encourage them to go to the gym do some resistance work 
whether with springs or with therabands or weights on machine and if you can't just use your own body weight your own body weight is enough you have to carry that when you're running really okay. speaking so yes it's got its benefits for sure okay so uh, one of the topics i know that uh, you know you work with uh, i mean sorry you are involved in is the fact that you know genetically blessed you know uh, quite a few young athletes that we have uh, let's say under 18 uh, how can we get them conditioned and uh, make them world class um so i'd like to take this in a little different way mr raj with your permission um sure. see if you really go to see across the population okay whether it's in india or the world there are a segment of people who are genetically blessed genetically blessed means they have good strong muscles bones uh, alignment nutrition it's just their weather the environment and all that but majority population has to work on their fitness okay we have to work on Uh, our fitness and our health to achieve a certain level of activity that we want and an area of interest for me is the children you know uh, mr raj uh, i get a lot of parents concerned parents coming to me literally telling me that my 10 year old son is feeling socially isolated because he can't run now which child won't run tell me that why will he not yeah, run that- with his friends but there is a True. reason for that and that doesn't get picked up very easily in schools or by the pediatrician unfortunately that what is going on with the child which child doesn't want to run and play with his friends so when i kind of interact with the children i we and of course because we are aware of the science behind a child's growth there are various factors that make certain people athletic and certain people who are labeled as lazy oh this kid or this person is just not an exercising type but there are reasons to that and if they are picked up in the childhood early intervention can do wonders and we will have more athletes and we'll have more medal winning professionals in our country and there are certain scientific reasons for a child to be that way and when they come to us and we go through the therapy of sensory integration work help the child improve his muscles help him move his posture help him improve his body balance the mother or the father will call me after few weeks and call and say you know my child jumped for the first time in his life or my child ran and the pleasure the parents get even the child because he feels socially uh, isolated because he can't run with his friends he keeps tripping and falling and uh, some of them get labeled oh ye to fat so hai mota hai lazy hai my child is lazy but there is a science behind it and certain specialist physios are able to analyze this through an evaluation system and we can help many more of the u18s we call them the u18 program uh, to become athletic and uh, yes you're right if the ones who are genetically blessed frankly speaking the investment of energy and time is not that much they are going to go and you know they are uh, skilled already they are naturally blessed it's the ones that are not naturally blessed that struggle 
and they manage they come into their 20s and 30s and then when they have friends going and running for a marathon or something they all start doing it and within 6 weeks their back is gone their knee is gone they are requiring some major surgery so i believe a lot in prevention and early intervention that is something that i am very passionate about that a person always comes to a physio after the damage is done but you can Obviously. actually you can actually approach a physiotherapist for a lot of things before it happens so we call it pick up the injury before it's happened okay that's important so uh, so that's a you know great uh, segue to the next question which is if an athlete is uh, injured what are some of the general principles that you adopt how do you determine whether the athlete is ready to resume training and related to that are some of the you know specific treatment protocols that i would like to have your views like you know dry needling cupping uh, massage foam rolling taping so just let's uh, you know let's hear from you in terms of the injury protocols uh so mr raj firstly obviously when there is an injury there is an acute injury there is going to be an acute inflammation there is going to be pain there is going to be swelling depending on the degree of the injury if it's a mild hit or a mild sprain the injury will be easier to resolve but first thing that you got to do is your basic first aid which i think any athlete knows you know your uh rest ice compression and elevation you have to respect that for the first 3 to 5 days then comes to the healing part depends on what tissue has been injured for example if you have a fracture if your bone is broken it's going to take 3 months to heal but if you have an ankle sprain or a ligament sprain it takes around 6 to 8 weeks for that to resolve so depending on the tissue what has got injured you have a muscle tear a muscle tear will Uh, uh recover very differently from the bone and you got to approach a specialist either an orthopedic especially an orthopedic doctor or a physio to identify what is the tissue you must get yourself checked okay and you have to listen to your body if something doesn't seem right okay approach a professional dr google is the instant guide for you sitting in your home but medical professionals have trained over many many years so you have to trust their instinct and their evaluation systems to come to a proper diagnosis so i think the first thumb rule should be if you are injured get yourself checked follow the rice principle if you can't immediately go to see a doctor depending on the tissue of damage and extent of damage if it's a grade 1 injury you will recover in a couple of days as your pain starts coming down take your permission from your doctor and you can go back to your activity your trainer your coach they are all there to guide you and please do listen to them and uh, coming to the point of all the all these other treatments that we do have in our our little trick box your foam rollers your dry needle your cupping and all they are all adjuncts for pain management for that instant that immediate relief that anybody would want so if i have uh, a calf muscle which is paining of course if someone is going to needle me do a bit of foam rolling tape me up with a kinesio tape i am definitely going to feel better 
but after a few days find out why it happened why did that calf okay. injury happen come to that working diagnosis so you have longer relief so there's nothing wrong as long as you get it done by a professional who's trained a a okay. warning thing for dry needling the same needles are used for acupuncture however we don't go through the chinese meridian lines we go into the muscle where the tension is and we needle the trigger point it has to be done by a trained therapist please check the credentials of your physio because if you do it wrong you kind of completed the main point which was there i just wanted to give an example of it so say for example if you have an ankle sprain depending on the grade of the sprain because ligaments do not have direct blood supply and they are like elastic rubber bands you have to secure them with the correct strapping technique there are very specific strapping techniques which help the healing of the ligament to get back to its original tension if you are going to let that ligament uh, just be like that without any strapping that stretched ligament what is a sprain okay. your ligament gets stretched out so it's like a rubber band or an elastic band of your pyjama once it's loose it's become loose you cannot restore its uh, tension so the ligament has to be kept in a shortened angle strapped in a particular manner for the first three weeks to secure it so the reason to go to a doctor especially a sports doctor is that that you are securing the injury you're not letting it get worse than what it already is and as a runner in any lower body injury you have your first question is when can i get back to running you have to be a bit patient and uh, you can plan your workouts for the other parts of the body till your injured segment or your injured part has recovered so i think it's very important to understand why you need to go to a specialist because that initial intervention is going to actually uh, uh, sort of rule the eventual recovery of your injury and prevention of re-injury okay. okay got it okay now uh, before we let you go couple of uh, questions which i ask all my guests which is that uh, in terms of resources like your recommendations on let's say your favorite books blogs website youtube channel podcasts etc uh, i mean ob- obviously i will link all your resources you know link to physio rehab and all in my show notes but other than that uh, you know i would love to hear from all my guests uh, recommendations that then listeners can follow up so mr raj a lot of my reading is very technical <laughs> is uh, extremely technical stuff that uh, i read uh, we do have uh, like i am a certified uh, certified uh, kinetic control uh, therapist so we do have their blogs uh, that are regularly the newsletters that come in uh, we have uh, one which is the noi group which is from australia which is also very good for us as physios as medical people i do refer to our bible book for sports medicine called the bruckner and khan i think it's our go to uh, you know resource Uh, for running specialists like craig pain i obviously go check out what's happening there there's a lot of information on running world and physiopedia so these are usually the ones that i i i always follow and check out on plus we have a lot of international faculty that travel into india and we do a lot of 
hands-on workshops because as a physio, my job is actually to do a lot of hands-on clinical skill training. And okay. we're lucky that uh, they now come into India and or we go overseas and we do training with them. Yeah, so these would be my resources that I really go to if I'm having a question. Are, are, there, are the first couple of the uh, resources really accessible to recreational runners or do you think they should uh, look more at the running world and uh, physiopedia? I think uh, uh, they do have an access, uh, like maybe a brief format access. For, no, uh, I didn't mean it in that sense. I, I meant in term. I, I meant access more in terms of whether they will be, you know, we all, you know, who are not, uh, you know, specialist physiotherapists or doctors in the field, would be be able to really understand it. No, I think it's very technical. Okay, got it. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh, it is uh, a bit technical. Got it. Okay, and uh, if listeners want to uh, get in touch with you, what is the best way? I mean, what are your contact details? Uh, I mean. Your, uh, you know, I, I obviously know your website, but other than that, let's say Instagram or Facebook page or Twitter uh, or e- email, which you can share. So uh, we are on Instagram as official Physio Rehab. Okay. Uh, we are on Facebook as Physio Rehab Mumbai. Uh, our website already has a link so that if anybody wants to have a question for me, they can email to me via our website. And uh, I'll be very happy to answer the question uh, if they have anything that they are uh, requiring my expert advice on. Happy to help. Otherwise, uh, we do. I'll I'll share with you our details in terms of our telephone numbers or other things. Uh, Anything else you need from me? No, no, that's fine. I will include those uh, in the uh, in the show notes. I'm sure your you know website is the easiest way to. Uh, get in touch yeah. with you. So thank you so yeah. much, doctor. It was really, really extensive, our discussion and uh, really uh, insightful. So thank you for sharing your valuable time. Uh, I'm sure the sure. listeners will ga- you know, gain a lot. And I really, really appreciate you speaking to my audience. Most welcome. Most welcome, Mr. Raj. It's a complete pleasure. I've been associated with the running world in Mumbai, at least for many years. And it's amazing that some of our runners who have gone and settled overseas still continue to keep in touch with us and telling us that, you know, these many years back I came in and uh, this is what happened. The kind of testimonials, I will share with you some of my running, uh, uh, you know, uh, patients' testimony. I don't call them patients, actually. They are more, they are more uh, friends. you know, they have gone. Yeah, they've gone beyond that because, uh, you know, I have always been very inspired with the mental grit of a runner. I think it's a mental game. You guys, whatever your injuries are, bhagna hai, you know. And uh, I love the passion. It can sometimes drive you a little crazy and a uh, little over-enthusiastic. Of course. And to invite injuries especially. But, just I call it, it's, it's a nasha. Okay. <laughs> you know, I've okay. had I've had runners come in, uh, you know, and tell me, doctor, if I can't run, the joy of my life will be taken away. Doctor, when I run, I'm so happy that I cry. I mean, <laughs> you know, there's so much of intimate, uh, you know, uh, sort of emotions that are expressed. We as a as a student of science look at things more from the physical point of view, especially being a physical therapist. 
but over the years i have evolved and understood the meaning of holistic health and fitness the mental health the nutritional health the inner wealth sense of well being that running brings to a person and i just think you guys should just keep on going and i have seen how mumbai has changed i was involved because i was in asian heart i was involved as the medical partner and i had prepared a team of 75 physios to manage uh, the running injuries anything very catastrophic to something very simple first aid and now when i see that how the scmm and now it's the tata marathon has progressed people are much better prepared i remember in the first two years my god it was like a it was tough it was tough to man those eight stations and as a, as the lead physio i had over 75 physios to train to get them ready on race day but now i find that the the athletes are much better prepared they are so committed they are not deciding to get up in the morning of a marathon and start running they are quite committed to it and it's an amazing uh, bond you know the the bond that is created uh, through the running world i think it's a great lifter it's a great lifter and in today's covid times i think anything that lifts us emotionally is great absolutely you know absolutely yeah and yeah. and running needs a pair of shoes and open space to run i mean it's the most basic thing that any of us can do and you get back to your childhood now how we used to all run around it's yeah, like going back to your childhood really speaking absolutely yeah yeah thank you so much yeah. thank you very much to all the listeners please check out the podcast website runfitraj.com that is r u n f i t r a j.com it has all the podcasts it has all the show notes and there is a very useful search function as well you can reach out to me on my social media handles which are running and fitness with raj on both instagram and facebook and you can also email me on running and fitness with raj at gmail.com please let me know if you have any questions or specific guests you would like to see on the show i also request you all again to please subscribe to the podcast and spread the word please also leave a review on itunes as it will help enormously to grow the show we will continue to bring you exciting and interesting guests and give specific and actionable advice stay safe stay healthy until the next show goodbye